Do 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 do. Say something a little louder. Uh, how about that? Yeah, there you are. All right, cool. All right, good morning, Slappercasters. This is Slappercast episode number thirty-six. Thirty-six. Yeah. Yes. So if you're if you're joining us from sunny Houston, Texas, you'll notice that today we're getting a little cooler. Yeah. Humidity's lifted. It is uh, seventy-seven degrees outside right now. Yeah, and it's uh, sunny. And uh, if you just look real close into your screen, you could probably see it. It's um, it's uh, it's the beginning of our fall, which will mean we'll get a reprieve from the heat for about six minutes, <laughs> and then we'll yeah. be back just sweating like rapists. It'd be uh, yep. lovely. Yeah. Um, and and the, the quick wrap up of last week was uh, was a couple of mows back to back, and uh, it was it was actually really nice in the evenings too. The the, the weather yeah. was really really pleasant, and yep. we're. Uh, Houston is home to uh, the the Astros and also the Rockets, and that's it. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. No more sports. No. Nope. That's it. And the Astros took care of business uh, twice um, here, and now we're off to uh, Tampa Bay tonight. Actually, we'll be uh, we'll be playing. So anyway, that's a little, little sports talk there. That's enough of that. Oh well, before before we move on, we, they were who, who were they playing on Saturday night when we're and Katie when we we're playing there. Tampa. That was Tampa? Okay, yeah. Because yeah. they won that game while right in the middle of us playing Drunken Sailor that night. Well, you don't have to bring everybody down, Chad. <laughs> that was so cool, though. <laughs> so we played... There was some One of our fans showed up late in the evening and, and was requesting stuff that we'd already played. <laughs> so that was one of the songs that and they, repeated. they did have a doctor's note. They did. <laughs> they, they brought a doctor's note, and they had, they had children and babysitters and all kinds of stuff. So after they uh, answered the 20 questions and uh, did, our, did a little song and dance for us, we... We we repeated the song for them. Yeah, and in right right in the middle of that, the Astros won the game. So you can hear you can hear us reacting to that in the middle of the song. So I'm I, could, I say you you can hear it because I'm going to we recorded this. I'm going to be mixing this into an episode of Blackguards Live, which was the second sister podcast to this podcast, which I've kind of <laughs> kind of abandoned uh, the past few weeks because I just didn't have time to dig into it again. I'm re- as I was explaining to Patrick the other night. I'm I'm retooling my workflow with recording everything, which means all of the EQ presets and everything that I had set for that for those mixes has to be redone. What Chad's trying to say is he's going to make it sound more better, yeah, <laughs> and it'll be fluffier and louder, yeah, yeah. So we're yeah yeah. Chad's got his hands full with his headphones and his computers and stuff like that and we send him back to his but luckily for chad he he does his best work at night as the ladies will attest so he'll uh he'll um he'll have that stuff I mean, he's just, it's it, it's it's overwhelming to me to to even even on my phone to reply to an email you know even if it's a one line okay send it's just i don't like being on the computer or, or everything I go, hey chad can you uh, you know uh, you know mix this and record this and do this and then yep 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 list list you know check 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 so uh it's uh it's 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 very lucky for uh for me that he can also play bass so uh but yeah so so we were talking so so again going back to the sports thing Mm -hmm. uh, one of the one live music and sports in, in a in a in a restaurant slash bar such as moe's it, it's really difficult to juggle because you're going to have 
people that that come there for the live music and the food and the the, the you know that have have the TVs on. The nice thing about Mo's is they will turn the TVs off on request. So if you're you know if we're playing, yeah. you know, the, to have the TV going on is distracting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll they'll turn it off. They're very gracious about that. Yeah, a lot of but a lot of a lot of musicians will tell you that their biggest pet peeve is playing in a restaurant like that is waiting till the game's over because mm-hmm. i know a lot of people that come to see us were kind of wringing their hands and uh, what time you know the game just started and we're at, at the same time we're supposed to start and in a in a club situation you know or, you know restaurant bar slash sports bar um it's really difficult for Usually, I mean, that's that's a musician's biggest pet peeve is having the TVs on or having to wait till the game is over because you you're you know, people make make an effort. Hence, the people we were just talking about, the young couple with kids um, Mm -hmm. had made arrangements and they're looking forward to this for, you know, and then they come out and they have to sit and wait till. So not Moe's. Moe's was absolutely fantastic. Cypress and Katie, they were just brilliant about and uh, about. They had the TVs on inside with the sound on if you wanted to hear it. And outside we had the, mm-hmm. we had music going and they, they just, it's, I, I, I just, I commend them. I really do my hats off to them. Yeah. You know, cause I, the, I mean, I, I didn't hear about any complaints being fielded by, by staff, but the, the people who are on the patio with us there didn't seem to mind at all. No, they know? loved it. I mean, yeah. but, you know, you've got, they again, were there until the, 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 the weather's, the weather's cooling down and, um, the, the, the atmosphere is always, always good there. And the thing I like about, uh, about clubs like that is, uh, Cypress and Katie, especially with their, their Moe's and Vintage Park too, the staff are into it. And I, that, you know, we, we said this many times when the staff's into it and you can engage the staff in your, in your performance, you're, you're home free. That's, yeah. that's the, the, that to make a, to make a sports term, that's a home run, kids. Yeah. That, you know, that really is. It's just, you can't mm-hmm. do any better than that is to have the, the, you know, and I love watching the bar staff jump around and enjoy, because we don't play somber dirges, you know, we don't play, mm-hmm. you know, we play upbeat stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, in a sense, it, it, I think of it as, uh, I just thought of this now, <laughs> but, uh, if you want to compare it to like, like a stage play, where you have a, an army of stagehands behind the scenes who are making the gears turn. It's kind of kind of similar to that with a band playing at a pub because in order for the whole operation to run, if the staff isn't engaged and actually supporting your your efforts, you know, because the, the, yeah, there's poor service going on if they're not if they're not engaged and, and if they're not cognizant of of the dynamic that's going on. Yeah. You have a lot of very unhappy customers. <laughs> yeah. And if, if they're unhappy, they're not going to come to, you know, it doesn't matter how much they love us. They're not going to come to that pub, you know, if the staff isn't into yeah, it. Very true. And, 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 and again, it's wonderful showing up there and the staff are wearing our t-shirts and yeah. wearing our gear. It's just, it's just a, it's an incredible, uh, it's a, an incredible feeling. But, the, but now the, the, we had a bunch of, uh, blackguard shirts out there but we also had a lot of astro shirts out mm-hmm. there so that was a great that was a this is a great day all around and it's wonderful to get a win and it's wonderful to be in the playoffs and it's wonderful this city has a has a great like i say we only have two teams uh houston rockets and the houston astros and uh that's all that's no more and but the the, the town is the town is uh it's it's become a more sports I, I'll, I'll i'll argue with anybody over this because when i came here in the early 90s Wait a minute. I'm only 17 years old. So subtract. I had the one carrot. Okay. 
We had a, uh, when I came here first, it didn't feel like a sports town at all to me. Again, I didn't know the teams. I didn't follow the teams, but I worked in the, I worked in a sports bar when, mm-hmm. Uh, the Rockets won the back-to-back championships. Was that Outback? Is that where you were? Outback, yeah. yeah. N- not Steakhouse. Right. Yeah. This, no, this was the Outback Pub. It was an Australian-themed yeah. pub. Um, on Richmond. And right. the, the, the only thing about, the only, the, the only thing authentic about it was there was dirt in the floor. That's it. <laughs> and uh, Is it still there? Or is that? Is that it's the, the building's still there. Somebody else, I believe Star, Scott Gertner, some, yeah. uh, he's a local jazz guy. Uh-huh. I think he bought it. For I, I'm again. I'm not sure if it's if it's there or not. But uh, I was I was in I was in town for the I was bartending at that pub sports bar um, back when the Rockets won back to back championship. And the first year we beat the New York Knicks, which as I think is the last time New York's Nick New York Knicks ever got close That's to the playoffs. Really? Yeah, I think <laughs> uh, you know. Um, that was the end of the Patrick year. Anyway, I, I, I'm not going into the, to the, to the, you know, to, sh- I'm not going to embarrass myself with how little I know about sports. But so the 94 season is when we beat the Knicks. Uh-huh. And then the 95 is when we slept uh-huh. Orlando, swept Orlando Magic, which, uh, for our European, uh, listeners, don't, don't even, don't even waste your time thinking about this. It's it's not important. It was just wonderful though to see how the town got behind the teams. Because I would um, again, I wasn't a big sports fan when I lived in Ireland. However, the Liverpool Manchester United rivalry was paramount. It was just the ultimate in soccer. You know, now there's 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 all kinds of rivalries, and there's I mean, I'm sure there was other stuff going on, but just to me, I I was I was. Uh, uh, ignorant to, to to you know i just didn't right. know i knew of that rivalry and i knew of you know um but now houston is behind the astros of course they're 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 I, i'm actually i'm going to take a picture i'm going to I'll, I'll send it to chad to post on on this uh, uh i'm going to show you a picture of my neighbor's house it's it's pretty spectacular but i i again going back to the early you know the early days the 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 94 95 when i started uh-huh. taking note of these teams i i would i would i was shocked by how little response our teams got you know cuz again you can't you can't uh, yeah. escape the the games when you're in you know you're working in bars or you're playing in bars or whatever you can't escape the fact that they're on the tv but what i couldn't get my mind around was why is there no town pride it just didn't People feel like taking it for the first season particularly right obviously right the you, 94 yeah i mean i just did yeah but I, again i wasn't uh, I, I wasn't even uh aware of it i wasn't aware of mm-hmm. you know th- that these teams were you know the you, 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 the magnitude of what these you know the 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 commerce that these teams produce and what what it means to the town and the the city and um so as as I, I got into it a little bit more, it was shocking to me how fair weathered the, the fans were. Now it's not. It, now it's not. Now yeah. it's now it's live or die. Yeah. I mean, by these games and you said the people are just hundred percent behind it. It really is. It's a wonderful, wonderful. Um, I'll, I'll also um, put some pic- some pictures of the parade 
Yeah, two years ago when we won it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, won the champ. Won the champ. There's some great pictures too of the, that picture you got of the downtown. Yeah, that's skyline. Right. Yeah. I, could, I, could, I came down and took a few shots of that too that night. Um, I think one of the reasons why there was so much disillusionment about sports because um, I, I grew up here um, in the late '70s and early '80s, and specifically talking about what Houston, Houstonians remember as the "Love You Blue" period of the Houston Oilers. The Oilers were beloved here in the late seventies. They were they were superstars, um, and I, I it was just the sort of thing that if if you lived in Houston and it was probably, it was like the Rockets are now or the Astros are now, especially especially Astros now. Uh, even though the, the Oilers never uh, never won a Super Bowl, they got really close a couple of times, and then uh, it was after the second time they they almost made it. Bum Phillips, who was the, the coach, got, got fired by the owner of the team, which was this huge scandal at the time. So, I don't know. That, that's one of the reasons why, because I, I, I love, everybody loved the Oilers when I was a kid. That was just, that's what, that's, if, you're, if you're a Houstonian, you love the Oilers. That was just a given. And the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers were our, our arch rivals. I remember that. But uh, it was just kind of disillusioning <laughs> to see. And this happened to me again too, because after the after the '95 championship, uh, that that star team of the Rockets got complete, almost completely traded away. Which for me at the time was it was like they broke the band up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I I because of what happened to the Oilers, and later later the Oilers got got sold. I think they moved to Tennessee the, Titans. The Titans? Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, no, Bump Phillips went and coached the Saints. That's why I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm embarrassed That's, that I even knew that. I'm, I'm getting my my uh, Oilers trivia mixed up i think i think bum phillips went on the to, to coach the saints well that's good because we don't we remember we don't have any football team we're talking about yeah good, i know good but times. i'm just saying that at least, at least for me that was one of the reasons why i wasn't paying much attention to houston sports at that point yeah 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 and again i i was kind of thrown into it because i was we were making a living off the off the the playoff crowds mm-hmm. so it was it was pretty it was pretty exciting uh, actually one, one of the really wonderful things that happened when we won the i want to say it was actually i know what it was it was the it was the it was the 95 uh the second year we won it the rockets won so the outback pub we had a line to get in all night now we used to do we used to do two for one burgers on wednesday and what they call big ass beer which is a 22 ounce pilsner glass you buy the glass i think for 750 and when it started, you used to be able to refill it for 75 cents or something. It was ridiculous. Jesus. 22 ounces of beer. Yeah. For, you know, so they, I mean, line around the building to get in. We, I mean, we just made, we made a fortune back in the days. So, um, but one of the really wonderful things what happened was I remember the, so we swept the Orlando Magic in the finals. And uh, I think that was Shaquille O'Neal's team, Kobe Dobby Raven. And it was um, anyway. We 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 weren't supposed to. You know, there's supposed to be. You know, Shaq's coming out, and he was gonna. No, no, you don't come to Houston. So anyway, so we um, so we won it, and the streets came to a standstill. All the traffic in the streets stopped, and people just poured out onto the streets, screaming, "This is this is uh, outside the loop." in uh, Houston, which uh, it's, it's not recommended you leave. If you live inside the loop, you stay inside the loop. That's just, that's yeah. how you do it. But uh, to anybody living in New York, it's kind of like leaving Manhattan. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a no, no. So uh, everybody stopped, got out of the cars, screaming, celebrating in the street, dancing in the streets. It was electric. The town went nuts. Yeah. So we're 100 deep at the bar, just absolutely slammed. All the rules are off. The staff were as drunk as the patrons. It was enormous. I, the, the, the words haven't been invented mm-hmm. yet still you know, for what happened that yeah, night. Yeah. But I remember we got a phone call from a sports uh, radio in Chicago. And because I remember the owner came over to me and I guess I was the only sober one within, you know, a thousand miles of Houston that night. Mm-hmm. And the, the owner came to me and he said, Hey, we got a, we got Chicago radio, whatever radio station it was on the line. They want a live response from Houston. Can you, can you grab, the, can you get the mic? And, uh, you know, there was a PA in, in, in the uh, crappy little PA system that, you know, you could make announcements, you know, last call or yeah. blah, 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 over the system. So I remember getting on the, and I had to climb over people. I had to climb over the bar and climb over people to get to this little DJ booth in the corner that we had. So I, I, I got the microphone and I, you know, just, you know, order, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just, just hold on, you know, and I said, all right, Houston, you know, what, what's it, you know, uh, we have whatever radio station it was. I can't remember. Um, it was a big radio station. Yeah. So, you know, Hey, we got Chicago on the line. They want to know, they want to know, you know, how Houston feels about, about winning the championship place goes nuts. I go, no, 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 no. We're not asking Chicago fans or New York or your Orlando fans. We're asking, uh, Houston fans. The place went nuts. And the guy was like, are you okay? And the DJ was, it's cause it sounded like we just, we took the microphone and just dro- you know, dropped it in a fire. It was nuts. <laughs> so it was a, just a, the just dying. a, yeah, yeah. Oh, just an, it, it, it really did sound like yeah. Armageddon. We were just so brilliant, brilliant, brilliant night. And, uh, just so, so I, I became, a Rockets fan, mm-hmm. you know, especially after beating New York, because I was, yeah, I was so, much, I think that went to seven games. Yeah. But I was, uh, and I was in New York at the time. Were you? They beat New York. I did too. I mean, that, that's when I, be, I mean, I was, well, who wasn't a Rockets fan? Then? Yeah. But I, I uh, it was funny because I, ju- I just moved to New York with, with three of my friends from Houston. It was my friend Paul and his girlfriend Marla, um, is now his wife, and Marla's sister Alejandra, who moved in with us a few months later. And Alejandra was a uh, lifelong Rockets fan, and so she knew everything about them. And so uh, Marla was as well, but but Alejandra was really the super fan. So I started getting. So I had my own room there. It was a very tiny, long and narrow apartment with very small rooms, and uh, we had this little tiny TV set in the living room, which was that's where Alejandra it was. This was very. This is very typical with the roommates in New York, by the way. These tiny apartments. Paul and Marla had one room. Alejandra had the living room they started watching these games early, early in the season. And I got sucked into it just because the three of them would be out there, you know, hooting and hollering and watching the games and stuff. And it's long before we knew how things were going to go. So I was watching pretty much from the beginning season. I would go out and watch just because it was just something to do. And it was kind of infectious having these three friends of mine who were so into it. So Alejandra taught me about everything, who, who, the, who all the players were and, you know, and, at what one of the things she told me is that it was it was always irritating, as you were saying, that people weren't uh, giving the Rockets that much attention, and you could hear it. And she pointed out, and you could definitely hear it in the announcer's attitude, the sports announcer's um, 
an attitude about the Rockets that they didn't really take the team very seriously and until their winning streak just kept going and yeah. going and going. Yeah. And then they started taking notice and like, oh, yeah, you know, and I wish I could character. It's been so long because I can't. I, I Back then, I would have been able to give you examples of things that the announcers were saying that because we would be getting day. pissed off at them during the game. Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> like, wake but, up. But it, but it, it, and then it still happens today. You Does still it? hear okay. it. It's it's still evident today when you watch again. But uh, but again, being in a, I, I being in a in a band and playing music while that's going on, while the TV is going on, it just showed. Again, it reinforced to like I didn't need any reinforcement on it but it, it, it reinforced anybody that would that might be skeptical of you know of a rock and roll band playing when there's a sport you know a sports event on the tv i mean it per- coexisted perfectly uh this weekend yeah it did because we played on both nights which surprised me a little bit yeah and then we, well i was i was shocked in because we've played in places not naming any places in conroe uh it doesn't exist anymore yeah yeah hell with them um it was just you know you can you can uh you can have again i understand if you're a sports bar with one big tv and you've got everybody coming in there watching the game and it's a game of snooker where and uh, now they take the you know you know it's or you know you don't need any you, you don't need an ambience ambience you don't need any you know uh you, you know you don't need to direct all the attention towards a tv to to, you know, this is this is baseball. I mean, if, if you if, if you turn the sound off on the TV when you're watching baseball, you may as well be watching farming or you know some kind of you know some kind of plant grow. But you're watching the game. You know the rules. And we were you know the people that were sitting outside eating and drinking and watching the game and listening to us. Nobody frowned upon. You know there was no there was no uh, you know aggro. There was no everybody no. was just just. Yeah, you know, I, I was expecting it, it too. To be yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And 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 the you know there's there's nothing happening on the field that that calls for people to to stop and say hey you know let, let's oh, you know repeat that what was that you said it was perfect it's mm-hmm. a great 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 night and um yeah because that reminds me of the 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 time we played out in Conroe and it was mm-hmm. a new ish bar and they lasted about as long as the the life of a Mediterranean flea it was just uh male fully it was um uh they uh you know first time what well, we played there and nice enough interior and okay stage and it had great and, yeah it was the thing was frustrating it had the place had great potential it had definitely had potential and, and we're we're uh we're just about connoisseurs of of uh yeah, yeah. Of, of you know these kinds of establishments now but so we went in and uh, a lot of people traveled a lot a long way and you know went through a lot you know it it, it is a lot for you know especially new families to to get a babysitter mm-hmm. and to you know to trust people with their kids and come out you know and take a night off and come out and have a couple of drinks so it was just it was just annoying because people had come there to see us and we had our crowd and then they had a far, you know, in a deep, real decent distance away. They mm-hmm. had a, another TV, uh, many TVs, but with their sports crowd in the corner. And we were not allowed to sound check. We weren't allowed to make a noise. Don't touch it. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was like there was a, a church service going on in the, yeah. in the other space. And it just, it just, it pissed off everybody that had come to see us. And yeah. 
And of course, it in a, and that was another Astros game. That was another. Yeah, it was. That was that was the year that we won. We delayed the show. I think at least by two hours yeah. or something. Yeah, they waited for the whole ridiculous. game to finish. Yeah, and uh, and it was it, we, yes, we won the whole thing that year. However, this game was not a make or break. No, yeah, you know, it was. I mean, it was, early it was a playoff this, game. Yeah, but it was. Oh, it, it was okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Because I remember uh, my friend Smith Bobbitt had given me a an Astros. A rally towel, which I hung on my amplifier, and uh, yeah. he, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not superstitious, but you know, it That's was it, it was because I hung the the, yeah. the, the the Astros towel on my amplifier that we won, but yeah. yeah, that's that's why. Um, so anyway, yeah, so it's it, it that was that that was a that was a great that was a great time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, again, uh, Mo's carrying the carrying the live music banner while keeping the sports fans and the you know, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was nice to see that, that we can coexist happily with with a with a fervent uh, sports sports crowd. Yeah, because we were we were toiling. I mean, we were mentally, you know, uh, toiling on the the start time and mm-hmm. how we should approach it. I mean, you know, should we go in play an hour early before the game yeah. if in case they and they didn't even blink. And yeah. I, I, it's credit to the management. Yeah. There because you know they 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 uh there was Tristan there right yeah he told you just go ahead yeah start whenever no he didn't he, we, we, didn't, we even didn't even talk about it because yeah. you, know, yeah. you know I um and uh, same with Cyprus they're just they're just so so uh they're they're they're, they're into they they know that the outside crowd you know are there for for live music and the inside crowd or or you know vice versa yeah um. Good, 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 good all around. So, we're, so we're very excited now about uh, about this upcoming week. Yeah, we uh, we're heading out Wednesday night and driving through the night to our Cape Girard, uh, Girardo, Girardo, I think show in uh, on Thursday, uh-huh. and then uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Western Missouri, yep, Irish Festival, yeah, O'Malley's just just doing it right. We're uh, we're going to uh, we're going to go up and meet the cold front head on and. Uh, <laughs> enjoy enjoy some uh, brisk temperatures and bring some back with us and yeah i i i completely forgotten until i think it was when we were leaving the show it was on k i think it was on saturday when we were leaving k we were talking about the temperatures on th- th- that we're going to be uh facing in missouri i completely forgot it's like oh yeah it's probably gonna be kind of cold facing you mean embracing embracing yeah good god but it, yeah it's gonna be that. down uh this, the, the daytime's not gonna be that bad but it's gonna drop down into the 40s and 30s uh, at night, which is perfect. Yeah, I, 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 I ain't complaining, but I just want to make sure I don't remember. I mean, I don't. Forget, I'm gonna make sure I don't forget my coat this time. Mm. There's been a couple of times that I completely forgot to take my coat when we travel up north. Coats are for goats. We got nothing. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we're we're uh, what do we got? The uh, Oktoberfest. Yes, that's the uh, on Thursday. The Mary Jane. Mary Jane Smokehouse. Smokehouse. Yeah. Yes. So. uh yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, Lori is excited. She saw bourbon and uh, smokehouse in a. She said, "Oh, so I think she." If I look outside, I think Lori might already be sitting in the van waiting to go. That's right. Yeah, Mary Jane's bourbon and smokehouse. Yeah. So. That's so yeah, you. this is a this is a this is a first for us. First for them having us up there, and uh, right. we've been really. We never even driven through there before, have we? No, yeah, no. So we're, uh, but yeah, they've been they've they've already been very very accommodating and uh, excited about the about the show. So 
we're 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 really looking forward to that. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be no rain this time in Weston, which would be nice for a change. Yes. <laughs> so it did rain. Kinda, it was on the Sunday, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was right, it was right, right, right at our last show. And it, that was, it was kind of fun because we managed, it, it, there was some, some, some concern whether or not we we're actually going to be able, be able to play when we got there. But it did, the rain did kind of ease up just enough for us to play our set. And there was, it was cold. And it was wet, and there was a a lot of everybody. Our fans who stuck it out for that set were, <laughs> I, I I we were saluting all. It was like because it was not it was not pleasant out there uh, for that for that set, but they stuck it out anyway. And then, as we heard after we left, the, it really got bad after we left, and there was a well, not that bad. Well, I mean, they yeah. they weren't able to play outside. And that was it was it was bad enough, or at least at least <laughs> the last band who should remain nameless. Uh, didn't want to play outside i should say they didn't i don't think they played at all they oh they, oh they did they just that's why that's what i heard so. okay so yeah <laughs> and we have a song about that actually oh that's weird yeah what's a what a coincidence yeah so if if, if uh if i manage to get this together there, there will be a version of a song called rain or shine in the patreon special version of uh laggard's live that's it, already there's already uh, a couple of versions of that song uh on patreon if you want to hear it, join us on Patreon. Link in the description. Show notes. Ooh. So uh, last week we were talking about uh, books. Briefly, we were talking about... I, I was complaining about how I used to read books, and now I don't. And you were saying, well, why don't you go and read one now? And so I I did, and you started reading a book this past week, too, right? No, I, well, I... I you were already reading it? Yeah, I've been reading it. it I just... It, it, the, the, the one I've been reading lately is just the book on Lemmy. Yeah, by, by Mick Wall, which is just it's just a really nice uh, skate across his timeline. Uh, Lemmy from Motorhead's uh, timeline, and it was uh, just well written, and it's you know a lot of a lot of quotes, a lot of Lemmyisms, and really it's just nice. It's it, it's um, for for those not familiar with Lemmy, uh, a shame on you, and B, um, yes. it's just he's one of these he's one of these characters that said what he meant and lived like he wanted to you know he's he, he's uh you know whether you like the music or not he was just rock and roll to the core mm-hmm. and that was his you know he was uh little richard elvis beatles you know just set him off mm-hmm. and uh yeah. massive beatles fan yeah just uh and you know he saw and he he used to he used to score acid for uh for Jimi Hendrix and he'd yeah. uh, just, it just, his life is, uh, is, I mean, it really, it has to be a movie. It, it just, it has to be made a movie. And yeah. Uh, uh, he's, um, yeah, we were talking about this the other night when you mentioned that. Yeah. The, well, he's just, but he, but he, he needs, he, he needs recognition in his, in the way he put this stuff together. Cause it, it was, he didn't do, he didn't do anything. He, he he didn't change his sound in the eighties, and he didn't Mm-mm. change his sound in the seventies or the sixties. Or the, he just went after what what was on his mind, and mm-hmm. he hated politicians. He hates thieves. He hates posers. He hates he hates all the right things. You know, he really does. <laughs> he just he and 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 he although he drank and smoked, and speed was his his thing. He never did needles. He never did you know he 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 and he never glorified. Yes. Which I which I loved, right? He never glorified, yeah, uh, alcohol and 
uh, um, speed, speed or, speed you know, or, yeah. I mean, he, but he would just, he just lived like he wanted to live and he didn't, uh, he, and he would put things in the most, he'd simplify things, just be able to put these quotes together. And, and he wasn't doing it to make a quote. He was just, ma- do, you know, that's how he felt. And he was able to put them speed reader as well. Incredible. He, he, he loved, uh, he loved the, uh, war, the tanks and planes and he knew yeah. ammunition. He knew all this stuff, but he was a speeder, incredibly smart. Yeah. Uh, wonderful, uh, grand, great songwriter too. He wrote for Ozzy and he wrote, you know, yeah. he just, um, but again, without, you know, reading the damn book to you, <laughs> he, uh, he, he was, he was able to encapsulate these genres or these time periods and just be able to spit it out in a line. He, he just, just very, very, uh, very worldly. Yeah. And sharp as attack. Mm-hmm. This is incredibly warm hearted too. Yeah. Which is if, if, any, if anybody you see, he's an intimidating figure. You see him. If you don't know anything about him, you, you, you may, there, well, there's a great documentary that came out several years before he died, uh, which is just called, what was it called? Just let me. Yeah. Or, yeah. Where would they, these documentary filmmakers followed him around for a couple of weeks. Um, and it's just, it's just great. And they go really in depth on this character. And they, one of my favorite scenes is where he goes to, uh, there's, there's so many great scenes from this movie, but he goes to uh, a record shop in LA where he lived to, to get the uh, mono box set of uh, Beatles that, which had just come out that year and they were sold out. And he was like, really, really looking forward to getting his hands on this box set. So he's like, Oh man, he's, you know, he's bummed out that it's not there. And then uh, a record clerk, uh, the store manager. Yeah. The, the manager yeah. Comes, yeah, comes out and gives him his, her personal copy of yeah. it. Right. Cause it was the last one left there. And, uh, and he's just like, like a little kid in a candy store. He's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> so cool to see this, this gruff, you know, intimidating guy in leather gear. All, and all he wants is this little, the, the, the mono box set of Beatles, you know, I just, and I, I fell in love with him immediately when I saw that scene. I was like, I dig this guy, man. And there's also referring to what Patrick was talking about, him not glorifying his alcohol and drug use. There's a scene where the interviewers are probing his question, probing him with questions about uh, drugs. And I can't remember exactly what the, the specific question was, but he just said, put his foot down and said, no, no, we're not going to talk about that. Cause I don't want, there's too, I've seen too many bad things happen. I mean, particularly I, with needle drugs. I think he was talking, he was, I think he was well, specific. All, all, yeah. yeah. I mean, all, all any, drugs, any of them, yeah. yeah. He, he just did not want it. He, he realized his reputation, but he just didn't want to foster any more, any more just, you know, illusions about, about that stuff because he's seen too many people uh has too many lives ruined by it yeah all his friends all yeah. his all his heroes all his musical heroes everybody yeah. was you know was taken by and it. so was, it was you yeah know. And, and 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 again with his his uh his the the the, the people he rubbed shoulders with <laughs> just staggering the people that he's met i mean he met he seemed to have met every major rock star major you know figure in rock uh, throughout throughout the ages and yeah, and it looked there for a time like he was never going to die. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, there's a, there was a, the, I didn't care much for the, the comedian, but there was a great, uh, there was a, some British comedian that encapsulated his life and how perfect he was. He just kind of skipped across the timeline of, you know, he was born after the war, so he missed that. And mm-hmm. he was born in the age of, you know, he was, he was at his peak in, in the, you know, the sixties, love, you know, free yeah. love. You know, and then just 
but and again, he he never changed. He 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 set out to make music, and he did the music he loved, and he was uh, he was. I mean, the 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 metal bands, the stuff that I grew up on, everybody stole from Lemmy. Everybody took that, you know, a little piece of that, and and uh, you know, and rightly so. You know, there's you know, people will yeah. always go to the Sabbath, Purple, Zeppelin, all that stuff. You know, but no matter what you listen to, you know. Lemmy had a little. So anyway, yeah, it was that, I, I'd been reading that book for a while, and it's a very, it's a short book. I just uh, I don't I can't sit still long. <laughs> so so my my uh, you know I'll do about you know twenty thirty pages at a time. Yeah, and, you know. Just, well, and I can to- totally relate to this because I the book that I chose to to read just to get started was only fifty eight pages long, <laughs> and I was I think I I don't know if I would have done it if if was that uh, the manscaping manual? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, volume one. <laughs> Yes, my favorite. <laughs> no, it was it was a, a very short book uh, by Paul Auster. What's the book name? Uh, Why write? Question mark. Oh. It's basically just a collection of of short anecdote, personal anecdotes of of his related to uh, reasons why. It's, most of them taken from his youth of, or, or his young when he was a young man of of why he writes, why why he became a novelist and a poet. And how? What? Why'd you pick this book? Because it was so short, <laughs> good, good it was reason. on my shelf already. So I was like, okay, because we you, we talked about this, like, and I said, okay, I got to promise myself to start tra- retraining my brain to read, because I, I do think I, I, I've developed an internet addiction um, over the past couple of decades that I'm trying to trying to break myself out of, because I, I just have this this desire to always be connected, and and uh, no matter where I am, like even when I go for a walk, because I, I love to get outside. That's what. That's what everybody. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, that's yeah. that's what everybody is dealing with. Yes, and it's a disease. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's getting worse. And just because yesterday, running, I, I I don't run with headphones. I don't run with my phone. I don't run with that. I, I prefer to. You that's know, how I used to prefer doing it too. Yeah, yeah but I, when I, I did I, run, I, I have to have the sounds of the mm-hmm. the trip again, like we've described before. In past episodes, and when you're when you're down along the bayous here in Houston, there are places where you cannot see any, you know, buildings. You hear the traffic. That you are in the wild, and it's so crazy being in the third largest city. I know people, some people would say fourth, and uh, again, I'll argue with you on that. Uh, you bring me a tape measure, and uh, you know, <laughs> and certainly. But we uh, we uh, we have we're lucky enough to have a ton of and i think the most waterways in of any city uh it's just because we're because we have so many bayous and so many uh you know we're we have so much water around us um big water and uh so so i i i I don't want headphones and i used to run with music i used to love to run with music the problem being is most of the stuff i listen to is so fast you know 200 and Something beats per minute. And right. I, I try, you know, match and I end up sprinting and, you know. What would annoy me when I, one of the reasons why I could never listen to music when I ran was the songs wouldn't necessarily be on the beat. Because to me, the running yeah. was a rhythm. That was my running rhythm that I, that I tried to adhere to. And uh, if, I, if I strayed from that, it would, it would just seem to screw everything up. Like my heart rate wouldn't be in rhythm with what I was doing. And if I was listening to something that wasn't in the, the rhythm that I was running to, it was distracting for me. So I, I did, like you say, I preferred to just have my, to just be in the environment. Yeah. And I know friends who, like you say, who just, who couldn't, who couldn't run without or couldn't exercise at all yeah. without the music in their ears. And this was back in the 90s, long before we had, you know, Spotify and all that crap. 
Yeah. It was just, just people listening to tapes and yeah. CDs as they're <laughs> this, this, these, these things strapped to their work there. And I, I enjoyed not having to yeah, mess I don't with like that. To, you know? I mean, I, I don't even like to carry my water bottle, but I, yeah, I, I, I have to, it, yeah. And it's, and it's uh, but, uh, but I, I did notice yesterday, yesterday was gorgeous too here in Houston. The, the temperature was, the, if you're outside, I'm outside every day, and you, you, I've noticed the humidity dropping, the temperature dropping. I've just noticed it, and a lot of people won't notice it because they'll be in their car or they'll be in a, you know, walking from building to building or whatever, what, how, however they meet the, the outside temperatures. But I have been noticing the temperature, and, and it really, it kind of spurns you to, to, to run a little faster, to, to, you know, go. I so I went. I went further yesterday, and I kid you not, I saw a family of four, three of them on the on the phone, head down. And like I said, I went a little bit further yesterday, and on, on my way back, which ended up being about just about, I ran for about an hour, and I, and I came back and the, I kind of doubled back on the track to 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 get back to where I live, and when I doubled back. The same family had, again, I don't know what course they took, but they were, they were just, you know, a few feet away from where, where I'd left them. And still three of them had stuck down on the phones. And it was, and, and the, the other thing is some of the turtles, some of the, some of the, the, the fish that you can see, you know, just either jumping in the water or, or swimming, you know, by the side, the stuff that you see down there, I've seen alligators down mm-hmm. there. I've seen, uh, You've seen people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you mentioned a re- yeah. recent show, yeah. I'm, I, I'm friends with one of the guys that um, he's one of the the parks and recreation uh, managers or foreman or whatever he is down there. I, I've, I've just I've seen him every day for a hundred years, and you know we stop and talk every every time. But I asked him if he had seen that guy swimming. He says that he has caught people in there many times. <laughs> And he has to tell him to get out, you know, you know, what's wrong with you, man? What? Yeah. And he's, he's caught people skinny dipping in the, you know, uh, and I just, yeah. I just, so I love my job. I don't want that job. <laughs> but yeah, you see the, the things that you see and the things that you miss by having headphones on or sticking your head in the phone or something. It's just, it's uh it's yeah. shocking to me. It just. But I, I, and I, so, so I read that I went to Starbucks the other day. So I, so I, I knew this whole week I was, I waited until yesterday to do it. Cause I promised myself I was going to read that book, all 58 pages of it before today, just so I could get it. So I could say I had it done. And, uh, of course it didn't take me, it was only 58 pages. It didn't take that long to read it, but it did is I, I just, you know, I trained, I went to Starbucks and I, I said, okay, no phone, no, no laptop, you know, just no headphones, just read the book. And I, as soon as I sat down, I, I mean, first thing I did just reflexively is take my laptop out. I was like, no, no, no. So I pushed it aside. And uh, for a while I was like, you had, it was, the laptop was in front of me shut and I was like kind of leaning against it. And uh, even that was too distracting. So I had to push it over to the side just so I could concentrate, look at my book and not be tempted. But, but I want to open my laptop too. Yeah. And, and it was great. It was just, it, it just, my brain after kind of fought me at first, you know, like one paragraph. Okay. Got that one. Move on to the next one. And, Wait, I missed that. Let me go back and reread it, you know, because I'm like trying to concentrate on it. It's, it's, uh, my, I'm so out of practice with reading just regular text off of a regular page instead yeah. of, a, instead of a, instead of a glimmering screen. And, uh, my brain eventually relaxed and I managed to get through it, the whole thing. And, and I was, 
you know, I was like going and I was defining, defining words I didn't recognize. And I was like looking up things, names I didn't recognize to see what he's talking about. Because Paul Auster is a, a poet and a novelist. So there's one, one of the good, uh, not really chapters. This was a short piece that he originally wrote for the New Yorker, I think. So it's, that's why it's so short. And his publisher decided to turn it into a book. I don't even think it's in print anymore. But one of the, the, the best parts of the book where he talks about meeting this, this poet that, uh, an older poet that he really admired named Charles Reznikoff, who was, and I, this is all I learned. This is, I learned all this just from reading the book because I don't, I'd read it before and parts of it I did remember, but a lot of it I didn't remember because it's been 20 years since I, since I read the thing. And Charles Reznikoff was a member of, uh, uh, Apparently, a, a movement, a movement in poetry called objectivism, objectivist, objectivist poetry. Which I can't even explain to you what that means, but I was just really intrigued because I used to study poetry in, in college, and it's been it's just been so long since my mind's gone there, which I think is one for me. That, that's probably one of the reasons why I've haven't really been writing a whole lot because I used to yeah. write poetry. Obviously, I used to write songs, and uh, so my brain starts all these all these circuits in my brain start coming on again that haven't been activated you know in years just because i'm reading this short little book and it's so so many things that we're missing that are just sometimes just right around the corner of yep. our perception because our, our our minds are so focused on these very useful but in times maddening little devices that they become such a huge part of our lives and so I, i'm can you know I'm, I'm dedicated now i hope so anyway to to try to free myself of of those chains yeah, a little bit more well, often. I, I mean, and, and, but you think about it too. We have everything at our fingertips now. Everything is available. Oh, what's that word? And you type it in there. Boom. You know, you're so everything is at our fingertips and you know, there's no encyclopedia yeah. bookshelves. And, and I like that part of it because I was using my watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was like, I define this word and said, blah, blah, blah. And it tells me that like, okay, cool. And they just go back to reading. Yeah. That, that part of it is cool. Anyway. See, yeah, and I'm I'm the opposite. I have to turn my phone off, which right now my phone is off. It's in another room, and I'd be lucky if I can remember where I, where I left it. But I, I I have to switch it off. Like I do at a gig, anybody performing, uh, you know, if you're doing a rock and roll show, you're doing any, you're doing theater, you're doing, if you're doing, if if you're halfway into it, your phone should be off. Yeah, end of story. Yeah, that's that's me. Yep. Um, and if you don't care about your audience, then just leave it on and just, you know, you even leave, leave it in plain sight or, you know, you know, or just, I, 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 I have a massive, uh, I, I, I detest that, that. So, so, you know, when I get to a show, I turn the phone off. I don't want it on. I don't want to, 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 I don't want to hear it buzzing in my bag or to hear, I don't, it's, it's just got to be. And I, I, and I, in order to get stuff done, like the, even reading the Lemmy book, I couldn't, I couldn't have anything electronic close to me because I don't want to, you know, like the, the, you run across a word that you don't, you, you know, you you just keep going because the word will kind of explain itself in the following sentences. Right, right. But, but but again, I don't, but I I don't want a computer. I don't want anything. Yeah. It, and um, one of the the great things about reading a book is it's I have a song that. I wrote uh, the the only thing that's keeping me from playing the song is I hate all the lyrics. I, well, I hate all my lyrics, but I hate this. But it's a, it was a song about Lemmy, and I wrote it. Mm. You know, I wrote, I wrote the 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 song, the music. Yeah. Oh, we played. I put a bit of that song. Yeah, the, the episode with Paul. Yeah, Paul Beebe. I put a little bit so, of that song. Yeah, there. but that's. I mean, it's old. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's been around, for, and I just cannot put the. I cannot put the words 
on it that matched the what I with the mood, you know. And when I read the book, and I read how, uh, like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, how Lemmy was able to simplify these huge chunks of information and put it into a line, mm-hmm. into a quip, yeah, into a anecdote, into you know, just you know, spit it out. Yeah, that's when. You know, again, you don't want to do the Dr. Seuss, you know, uh, rock and roll lyric. You know, you, you, you want to, when you're writing a song, at least, you know, you want to convey the, the, the feeling or the, the, you know, and Lemmy was, he, he was, uh, when I first heard Motorhead way, 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 way back, you know, it was early eighties, first time I, but I, I wasn't really a fan because it was filthy Phil. Taylor on drums and Eddie Clark, fast Eddie Clark on guitar and Lemmy. I'd heard, and it sounded punk to me. It sounded a little bit rough around the edges, and I liked the. I like. I I immediately fell in love with this this these guitars that were just a little bit smoother, and the drums were a little tighter, and the lyrics were a little bit more in depth. Is motor motorhead just seemed very very rough and raw and just kind of spit out whatever you're saying and just mm. but that's what I kind of came to later on I kind of you know just want to throw out these these not throw out but be able to spit out these words that kind of sounded simple but meant something yeah and that's why I just I, I uh, all these songs even even uh, dear the Deirdre song. I was playing that the other day, uh-huh. and these these lyrics I I can't get past. I can't put out a lyric that I just uh, uh, a friend of ours, the lovely Ellen Reeves, had said. Uh, hey, can you post the lyrics to to some of these original songs? And oh yeah, that's right, I forgot and, uh, about that. Yeah, <laughs> and I wanted to write back and say, yeah, I would like to post them if I if I knew them. I still don't know them. We've been playing these songs yeah, for months, and constantly I, they, the song, uh, the songs, and that's another poisonous thing about running without headphones is a uh, or one of the you know w- one of the tough things about running without headphones is I rewrite these lyrics every single mm-hmm. run because yeah. I'm you know again it's just me and my thoughts and these these, uh, these yeah you know so, yeah. So it's it, it's uh, yeah, it's really really it's a tough thing to it's a tough thing to to standard to hold yourself to you know right when you when you're you know you listen to poets like Mark Knopfler and you know God. Dylan and people just people that are able Tom Petty are able able to just throw songs out just ugh, you know like they're like they're like you know like they're dropping sweat out. Hey, what's funny about Mark Knopfler too, and it's not surprising at all. We're talking about him again. He a lot of his a lot of his best songs, uh, particularly it's probably true on every every record, but it really jumped out at me on the the Shangri La record where you've got the song about Ray Kroc from McDonald's. You've got the song about Sonny Liston, yeah, the famous boxer. And what else is on there? They're, and they're, most of these were came from books that he'd read, so they're almost yeah. like every song. It's almost like he's writing a term paper in a song yes. form about the books. Yes. <laughs> about the, like a book report about the stuff that he's reading. But it's just so brilliant. It's so brilliant. And like, it makes you, like, for, for me, what the song about, and this is, it really is one of my favorite songs, period, but it's also one of my favorite songs that Mark Knopfler's done is called Boom Like That, which, which is the song about Ray Kroc, uh, the guy who uh, uh, turned McDonald's into a, the fast food uh, mega chain that we know it as today. 
And, uh, cause before and I, the reason why that one of the reasons that resonated with me is cause I remember having a conversation with my dad about that. Cause my dad had read that same book that Mark based you know, his song on. And, uh, and there's a tape and the reason many, one of the main reasons I remember that is because when my dad and I used to go on these road trips together when I was, uh, when I was uh, in my mid teen or early to mid teens, we used to go on road trips across Texas and, uh, and I used to record our conversations on this little cassette deck and I had, I still have some of these tapes. And when at one point dad was talking to me, he asked me, so what do you want to do when you grow up to be a Rick kind of guy, Rick being my dad's name? And I, I said, I want to, at this point, it was long before I knew music was going to be the thing. And I, I said, I don't know, something in the creative field. And he goes, oh, you mean like McDonald's? <laughs> kind of joke. He goes like, yeah, right. He's like, no, no, I'm serious. And Ray Kroc, man, he was a, he was quite, quite an imaginative guy and came up, came up with the whole idea of uh, a billion hamburgers sold. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of Ray Kroc was when my dad mentioned yeah. him. So when I saw, heard the song about Ray Kroc, I was like, this is so cool. And it made me want to go and read about him. And now there's a movie that just came out a couple of years ago with uh, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton playing yeah, Ray Kroc, which great, is great, great movie, really great movie. And I so wish that song had been part of the film, but it's not. But somebody could. I and I, I don't have the time to do it. I wish somebody you could go and take scenes from this movie and create a really great music video yeah. to that because pretty much everything that he says in the song is depicted in the film. So yes. he's got a scene for every, pretty much every every line. In the song, so anyway, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, this will be in this this episode will be in time for Tangent Tuesday as we uh, veer <laughs> off the. God, how the hell did we get that? I was like, where, where, how are we talking? Uh, yeah. yeah, all of a sudden we're in the episode from two three weeks ago. Yeah, but it, yeah, so it's it, it's uh, but the the phone thing is, man, do yourself a favor, just yeah, tur- please tur- turn it off. And there's nothing more heartbreaking. We, we were talking about there's nothing more heartbreaking to look at. When you're we're having it really, you know, we're really into it, and you look out, and like there's a whole table of people staring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's just heartbreaking. I understand it because I do it myself, and I'm trying to break out of it. But, but yeah, please join us in our efforts to free, yeah, free ourselves from these and maddening go, devices. And go and see some live music. Go to a yes. go, or go to a play or go put your phone you know, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be done. Okay, well that might be enough for this week. Yeah, right. I think we've uh, successfully put you all to sleep. <laughs> yeah, tune in again next week, and hopefully we'll have some more stuff to tell you. Yeah, and also uh, too, if if you want to keep if you want to keep track of uh, you know, like I said, we're leaving Wednesday night. We're um, we're gonna do some uh, we'll do some live uh, van chats too, as well. We'll put those up on the pages. Yeah, but also uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna broadcast live from Weston on, on probably the Saturday. See if we can. Uh, yeah, so find a spot to 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 do something live, right? And that's uh, always the, the connectivity and in, in the dungeon there at Weston can be spotty depending on how good the Wi Fi is working. So yeah, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll do it. We'll do, we'll do the main yeah. stage. We'll I'll try the, it both both ways. But yeah, yeah but uh, we we have uh, we, we have a lot of friends coming out to see us in Weston this weekend. We're looking forward to seeing them. But we're yeah, you know, like I say, we're we're gonna post from it, be it live or not. But we'll 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 definitely try to post live from Saturday and maybe the Sunday show as well. Yeah. But um, also, you know, if if you're within you know a few hundred miles of of Weston, I would highly recommend this festival. It's the food is fantastic. The 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 beer is you know see Chad and the uh, it's really the, good. Yeah. The just the, the the people are wonderful. And again, like I say, go see live music. 
and we spoke a few minutes ago about the, the, the cold front that came through last year and brought the rain and the cold for the Sunday yeah. show. I mean, I can't, it was, it was by no means packed, but there was the, the amount of people that showed up that day yeah. in ponchos and just plastic mm-hmm. bags and umbrellas and whatnot. That was amazing to me. Because uh, we don't, again, we don't have that in Houston. We have that, uh, there's a, uh, you know, there's a 8%, 8% chance of rain on the thing, and our crowd is half. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy yeah. to me, that, you know. Yeah. And uh, so this festival is wonderful. Great bands. We've, we've become friends with every single band that performs there. there, there there's, we spoke about this before. There's no ego. There's no... Yeah, everybody just goes and does their absolute best, and it's it's evident in every moment of this festival. Yeah, so and we have uh, vendor friends of ours that come up there and have just wonderful art and uh, jewelry, and just it's incredible. It's Mm -hmm. they really they've they've perfected it, and we're grateful and lucky to be a part of it. So yeah, if you're uh, this this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Western Missouri, and of course Thursday in Cape Girardeau, we're going to be doing our yeah. Yeah, and please, if if you're not in the area, just and you know anybody who's uh, within driving distance of any of these shows, spread the word because we'd love to see your friends out there as well. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Don't go changing.